Welcome back to Leatherheads Footy. My name is Morgan, and on this episode, we've got three more fantasy breakouts for 2024, starting with Angus Sheldrick. Now, he's a guy I wouldn't have necessarily looked at, but got asked by a few people to have a look. And to be honest, I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, kid can play. I didn't expect him to be this good, uh, and I didn't expect him to be this well-rounded. Like, I knew I knew he had the like physicality for AFL, and he could potentially come in as a real tough in an under midfield, but, like midfielder, but... I kind of thought, especially with Luke Parker, you got Mills, you got Rowbottom, and now with Adams coming across, James Jordan potentially playing inside mid, although he can play on the wing, that's where he played at Melbourne. I just couldn't really see Sheldrick squeezing into the team, but I've just watched a fair bit of vision on him. He's bloody good. Like, yeah, he's really good, and he's got a really well-rounded game that I think puts him already ahead of Rowbottom. I think it puts him ahead of Goulden as an inside midfielder. Like, obviously, Goulden had a fantastic year, but most of what he does really well is linking up in transition um, and, like, rebounding. He's a really, really good runner. He doesn't need to be at the stoppage necessarily to uh, impact, and I think that Sheldrick is more impactful at the stoppage than Goulden. And looking at their centre bounces, he actually was holding... Golden out of the centre bounces when Sheldrick was in the team. So I think he's ahead of that. And then Rowbottom was even getting faded late in the season by Longmire anyway. So I reckon Sheldrick plays and I think he scores well. Like I didn't expect to be saying that really. Um, he was a guy I was like, I'll have a look. Someone asked me to have a look. I'll have a look. Uh, I honestly think he is in. And I looked at their centre bounces from last year. It was a bit hard to tell. Oh, year before, um, 2022. It was That was the year they made the grand final. It looks like Longmire likes going sort of four, four and a half rotations, but basically four guys in there, which is about the minimum you can. You've got three that play any one time and then one on the bench. So he likes to go four and then maybe a fifth guy who, who might play 40% um, center bounces. But basically four guys. And I reckon Parker, Mills, Adams, Sheldrick. That's your centre bounce rotation. Maybe Warner rotating off a wing um, and then Mills could push out to a wing. You could have Adams um, rotating half forward with Gordon or something like that. But yeah, Sheldrick can seriously play and he's he's a ferocious tackler, follows up really well, tough as, just dives on the footy, um, almost reckless, but he's the perfect Sydney Swans player. A little bit like Luke Parker actually, um, but he's also strong over his head. I didn't realise that. Um, he's also a beautiful kick of the footy. Didn't realize that. Can kick both sides. But yeah, actually, in one of the calls, a commentator mistook him for Golden, which is about as good a praise as you can get, especially for a left foot kick. So super, super impressive um, and heaps of upside. He's priced at like 50 odd. Um, and he only had 50% time on ground last year at an average. He was playing uh, low time on ground in the games that he did get full ish games. Um, and then he had a couple of games getting subbed out and we had one game subbed out and one game subbed in. And then he broke into the team. He played four games, like 50, 50 to 70% time on ground, but averaging around 50, um, playing 40% time in the center bounces. So a little bit like George Wardlaw, who cuddled, uh, <laughs> covered on an early video, um, when he's on the ground, he's in the center bounces. I think that's a great indicator of where the coach um, sees him playing in the future. Uh, and then he didn't get pushed out of the side. That's the, another good thing is he was listed as injured and he didn't play any VFL after that. So I think, yeah, massive. Coming into his third year, another full preseason, should be playing 
higher time on ground at least, close to fullish time on ground. As an inside midfielder, he's shown scoring potential already. When he played like 70% time on ground, um, he was getting 93. He had 111 against West Coast. Massive. Yeah, I honestly, it, it was this was a shock how good this kid is. And I, I reckon he plays for sure. I'm, uh, yeah, I reckon I'm going to start him. We'll have to see, obviously, preseason. But if he's in there, get him into your team. Stoked as. Angus Sheldrick, go. Ripper. All right, another one requested, but one I was going to do already is Massimo D'Ambrosio. Great name. Really, really good name. Um, he's come across to Hawthorne after a couple of years at Essendon, or a year and a half at Essendon, because he was a mid-season draftee in 2021, and he came in and he looked good. He's just like a smooth-moving, smallish um, left footer, a little bit like Gordon, actually, in the way that he um, kicks the footy. Like, he gets that angle on the ball, like, sort of slings his leg around, but... Real clean, um, runs well to receive the ball, runs well to find space, um, and uses the footy really, really well. Kicks it clean, kicks it low and hard, and um, can also like get those touch kicks, sort of chipping over an opponent, landing it in space, stuff like that. But at Essendon, for whatever reason, he couldn't find his way into the best 22 consistently. Last season, he started pretty well, had a couple of games. He had a game against Gold Coast where he looked pretty good, although admittedly, like, defensively looked like he wasn't quite agile enough to match it with really, really agile small forwards. He was playing on Malcolm Roses Jr. from the Gold Coast, and a couple of times he was sort of left in his dust. But then um, against St Kilda, not sure who he was playing on, they hold a, like quite a deep defensive zone, so there was a lot of space to chip the ball around. He got involved a lot, and he had a 90-odd. Um, coming across to Hawthorne, I think they've obviously targeted him as that rebounding small defender. They don't really have anyone that jumps off the page is like a really good user. Um, James Sicily, obviously, but he has his hands full actually defending most of the time. Um, and I think that you'll see them get the ball in the hands of D'Ambrosio a lot. Another thing to note is Sam Mitchell, who coaches Hawthorne, listen to a podcast with him and like his main message out of that and sort of what got him from VFL, um, like similar story to D'Ambrosio is he was, he missed the original draft. I think he missed a couple of drafts and then he was just drafted from really strong VFL form. They thought he was too slow and stuff. And his message was basically like, you might have weaknesses in your game, but don't try and bring your weaknesses up to sort of average level. Focus on your strengths and become elite at one thing instead of losing your strengths, trying to even out across the board. And if he takes this mentality towards D'Ambrosio, what he does really well is kick the footy. Like, he's a fantastic user of the footy, and he's really good linking up, creating drive off half-back. So, Sam Mitchell being the coach, I reckon they've got him in for a reason. They're going to run him off half-back, and they're going to say, look, we understand, maybe you're not going to defend perfectly on small forward. You're going to get a couple of goals kicked on you, but we're backing you to use your skill set, and we're going to try and get the footy in your hands as much as possible. I really like him, and he's cheap as, too. He's priced at, like, 50-odd... that's not going off um, last season. It's gone off the season before, I think, where he had a slightly higher average. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really liking the look of him. Also, don't get carried away with preseason clips, but I, I did see one clip of um, Jai Newcomb getting laced out a couple of times by Jim Rosio and just saying, like, yeah, this guy's kick is something else. So, I'm a, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I was a huge fan when he got drafted to Essendon, actually. Like, I, he reminded me of Goulden. I just think, he, like, he's clean. He uses the ball well. Makes good decisions, you know. Like, it's not, 
you don't have to be huge to play at AFL level. Like, guys are showing this time and time again. Just like Sam Mitchell says, focus on your strengths, and I reckon they'll get the ball in his hands. He'll use it well, and he should well outdo his average, especially Hawthorne look like they like to kick the footy around a little bit. Third and finally, another Hawthorne guy suits that kicking style. We've got Josh Ward. Now, he's one I had earmarked as a future fantasy star from when he was drafted. He was a guy who averaged like... 120, I think, in the under-18s. Very even split as well, like 15, like super even. 15 kicks, 15 handballs, four marks, four tackles. Like the perfect inside-outside midfielder. Um, really, really quick thinker. Really quick thinker and great decision-maker. Classy left-foot user and also elite endurance runner. Really, really good. Averaged 71 in his first year um, and he's coming into his third year this time. So same draft as Sheldrick. I think that he just had a year, one of those years where you just can't quite get going because he averaged 71 in his debut. You'd think another full season, he'd at least bump that up to like 80, 85, especially with his pedigree, his endurance, stuff like that. But to only get to 75, and then I looked at it, he really didn't play many games in a row. And remembering back to last year's preseason, because he was one I was looking at for a second year breakout, he had hip issues, which... It's not good at the best of times, but if you're a guy that relies on your endurance and like power running, striding out, getting contest to contest and linking up for those marks coming out of defense, you don't want to have tight hips because it affects not only your training, but then in games and then watching footage of him, he just didn't look like the same player. He didn't look like that power runner that's able to just rack up possessions all over the ground. He looked hampered and, um, yeah, I think that showed in his scores. He didn't really have any many high scores. He was managed a couple of times, was never dropped, um, came back into the team towards the end of the year. But instead of, as he did in his first year, his scores building towards the end of the year where that really strong endurance base comes through and some other players are lagging, his scores were actually dipping. And that tells me that he was really struggling. Um, fast forward to this season now, will he get a spot in the inside mid? I think, to be honest, he'll improve his score even if he's playing out on the wing, which is where he was a little bit. But I reckon long-term he's going to be an inside midfielder just because he's so smart in traffic, uses the ball really well. I think eventually he'll find a spot ahead of someone like Warple um, or even Connor Nash, although Connor Nash, sneaky good, and Sam Mitchell seems to love him. But I reckon long-time is an inside midfielder for Hawks. I think he's got massive upside. He will definitely average 100, over 100 sometime in his career. And he's just one of those guys you've got to really keep an eye on him um, and be ready because the breakout will come. It's just a matter of what year it does come. This year, Will Day injured for the start of the season. There's midfield spots open up. As I mentioned, I think he could have pushed in already, but with a spot opening up, he's looking ready to go. Um, We'll just have to keep a watch on the preseason. But if he's fit and healthy, he's a guy that I'm I'm really keen on, even though he's he's priced at about 75, which is which is quite high looking at these breakout guys. He does have that pedigree and he's almost got the perfect fantasy game. And as I mentioned before with Hawks chipping the footy around, I think he could be a really good one to look at. So there are three more guys to heavily consider all with very low ownership, which surprised me. Um, I haven't been watching any fantasy content or listening to any podcasts, like none made that a rule for this preseason because you just get carried away by it. So some of these guys, like I'm looking at, yeah, I look at them. I'm like, yeah, obvious, like obvious um, selection, that uh, you should at least be considering and people having their teams and they're like 1% ownership. So yeah, it's interesting. The difference between, you know, getting caught up in the fantasy bubble um, and then just, you know, thinking, trusting your own judgment, stuff like that. So hopefully bringing a slightly different perspective. Anyway, that's too much of an outro. Uh, I'll see you next time.